0: Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Today I'm catching up with one of my early guests from the podcast, uh, Steve Leadbeater. How are you going, Steve? Hey, good. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for coming back on the podcast.
1: No worries. Good to be
0: here. Yeah, it's been, I don't know, it's been about a year and a half, I'd say, since yeah. you last on. Yeah. We are both at um, different stages of our lives creatively, and, uh, you know, you've been on quite a journey, and I'm looking forward to uh, finding out a bit more about it.
1: Yeah, thanks. I, I definitely was on a, a, a journey, yeah. very,
0: a very, um, one that has a lot of steps. Yeah. So, when I, when I um, last chatted to you, you were doing your 365 Days of lead beater, which was, um, you know, an Instagram challenge that you set yourself where you did a post a day of um you know of a drawing or painting or something that you've done on the computer um I think when you did it you were only like 180 days into it or something like I mean when I interviewed you you're only 180 days into it so can you um can you tell me a bit more about what 365 days of lead beater is and how and like how it all came about
1: yeah well that was um I mentioned that like last time that it was it started off as a 100 day challenge hmm. and I got to 100 and thought like I just got to 100 and then I thought maybe I should do 365 you know do a whole year one day and I thought actually well I'm a third of the way there pretty much maybe I should just keep going so that's how the 365 came about but it was just to get myself working I was I'd find that I'd do one or two pieces a fortnight and I wasn't really getting any direction with my work I was enjoying it but I just thought the challenge was going to be a way of getting some discipline and absolutely it was it um It forced me into it, no matter what was going on, just just to get that piece out every day. And then, as it got more and more control, maybe getting a higher quality or a better something that was interesting out, and hopefully getting even to a point where I can um, direct my work into a style, something that was recognisable. Because I definitely suffered from designers uh, designers' choice when um, you can kind of do, you feel like you could try any kind of style what do you want to do, and do you want to do enough of it to be known for it? So, yeah, 365 days was definitely a big undertaking, and um, it it definitely gave me what I wanted. It gave me a way of working, and it didn't stop after that.
0: Right, so you're still carrying on with
1: it? Well, well it, the way of working didn't stop. So I took a big, deep breath after the 365th day, I I thought that maybe I was gonna crash and just do nothing, but it was such a momentum that I'd started uh, and people didn't wanna sort of see it end. I just kept going. Maybe it was every day I'd still do something or maybe every second day, but I still kept up the practice. It might just be that I don't have to post everything I do. Um, But it definitely gave me momentum and a larger audience for sure. I mean, maybe it's just the gimmick of something that you can notice or count down or something, but. People just seem to gravitate towards this, you know, crazy guy who's doing too much drawing and painting when he should be working, and um, I benefited from that. So my, my work habits changed. Might it gave me a kind of direction. I thought at the end I was going to look at my work and say, okay, now it's time to look at back at everything I did and work out where I'm headed with the direction. And I didn't have time to sort of go back through it all. I just kept going, but I found out that I already had been working in a way that was a bit recognisable, like people could still look at my work and know it was from me, which I hadn't had before. So I kind of had achieved its aim, and now I just um, can't stop.
0: Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you're saying that, um, like some days you sort of forced yourself to do it. Did you find that those days when, you know, you're thinking, oh, what am I gonna do? I don't really feel like it, but you do it anyway because you've set yourself the challenge. But those days you actually come out with something really, really good. Yeah, it was like that. Often
1: uh, I was... Towards the end I started working ahead a little bit to... Maybe it's cheating, but I was thinking if I'm working on a pitch um, or I'm working late at night at work and if I get home at four in the morning, I'm not going to do some art and go to bed. I'm just going to go to bed. So it's nice to have a couple of pitches up your sleeve. But on those nights when... Or the times when I was getting low on spares and I was working as I was doing them I um, I did come up with some stuff that I never would have thought I would make and I used to work in th- in threes so it would show that whatever I was trying it would work as a set it wasn't just a one off um, and I'd do some weird weird shit that I wouldn't have expected I could do or that I would normally would do if I wasn't under pressure to create something so yeah it definitely gave me some freedom um, and showed I guess teaching yourself new ways of working out of necessity
0: yeah for those who um haven't seen your artwork like what you know how would you describe like the the type of images you were putting together well during the 365
1: it was kind of a bit of everything well I felt like it was broad other people may look at it as being narrow but I kind of did narrow the palette a little bit to black white and red and maybe some of the basic pastels that you'd get as a default in a set of paper like um, at Office Works or something like a cheap, cheap paper, like a pink, blue and, and green, but the palette helped refine it. But the work, I think, went in two kind of directions mainly, realistic and figurative, um, and stuff that's so like pictures of people or um, inside of people or the emotions or the rawness or stripped back of what it's like the human condition. And other things were typographic, so just words, um, phrases, or things that I've heard or written, like quoting myself, um, and using that using that as an excuse to make typographic um, work. So kind of went in two directions to describe it. It's yeah, sometimes it can be a bit confronting for some people, but um, it's equally optimistic.
0: Hmm. And even um, even though some of it was done on the computer, everything had like a hand like, touch-by-hand type of look to it. Is, would, like, yeah. like do you would you, like, work with your hands and take it into the computer or is that how you do things?
1: Yeah, often I'd um, do some scratching on the, um, in my little visual diary on the train or I'd do it um, at home, even, at, you know, after hours at work or something. Create something by hand and then I'd either, I didn't have a scanner so I'd just take a photo of it and then that's my way of getting into the computer then I might clean up the edges or inverse it or something so there's a computer element or a digital element but often it was started by hand Um, there was a few purely typographic digital um, pieces in there but yeah a lot of it does have a hand drawn and that's the stuff that I think feels most like me I mean putting fonts together and making them look nice doesn't really feel like me it feels like it's a technique or a, a learned skill but as soon as it's got my hand involved it probably it's easier to identify it mm.
0: do you think that's because um you spend all all week at work like you work as a graphic designer yeah and um do you think do you feel that it's like when you're doing thing like art on the computer it's sort of work whereas when you're doing art with your hands that's uh it's for you maybe i mean
1: yeah that's probably a good that's a good good way to think of it although I do do some work by hand for work as well and it's funny how they relate to each other but yeah I think when I'm doing it when I'm getting messy often when I'm at work I feel like this would be better if it was done messy (laughs) by hand or had some you know rawness or emotion to it Um, but I think that's where some of my words come in like having the restraint of it doesn't matter what font you're saying this in if you've got something to say then you know, get it out there. So I think if I limited myself only to drawing figurative stuff, I'd lose something that I really value.
0: Mm. You're saying how it's like you've gathered momentum and now you, you um, you know you're just continuing to do your uh, do your work, but not on a daily basis, but as often as you can. Do you see that as being something that you're going to do for the rest of your life? I hope so. Yeah. It's been uh, it's been a
1: slow and long realization that what I really want to do uh, with my life is to create art and I guess when I was a kid that was pretty easy for me to understand and identify but as I get older you, you kind of think how am I going to make a living and pay bills and being an artist doesn't seem like a very logical option um, and so I went down the path of yeah, graphic design as a way to pay for my, my passion and something that is related through creativity and I, I love design it's just maybe it didn't doesn't fulfill me the way it once did um and well it's a there's a part of me that i've been had been neglecting i'd already always done it but not to the degree i wanted to i think the balance of design and art in my life had been skewed too heavily towards design now i'm claiming some of that back but having said that i spend 60 hours a week designing so i don't think i've lost that Mm. it just means i'm adding the i'm adding to the mix the um the art i'm a pretty busy person
0: yeah because you also you, you live in the suburbs so you've got a decent commute and you've got wife and kids and you're working 60 hours a week and you're still managing to get your art done yeah it's uh it's pretty good because i you know i've got a daily drawing practice and i've you know, i've tried to sort of nudge friends and go you know get into it and they just say they don't have time like um do you find that like it was an excuse you had before you started your, 365 day of challenge
1: yeah it was it was an excuse well it's not like it's a bad thing but it's just no one would say you're not trying it's just that how could they expect me to have done anything mm. but I think it, forcing it in there it had to be forced in otherwise I'd have a reason not to do it like I'm too busy I'm too tired there's other things I should be doing but then I feel like what's the point if you're not if you know there's something that you want to do and you're physically able to do it but would be a it kind of feels like there's what's, what is holding you back and then you realise it's actually no one else
0: yeah I know because it's the same with my, my drawing practice has been going on for like, daily for no I'd like to say four years but it could be five wow and um, and like it was one of those things I kept wanting you know kept wanting to call myself an artist but for some reason I was just a graffiti writer and I was like, I really want to call myself an artist. It's like, well, what does the art look like? It's like, I don't know. I know I like to draw. I can draw this and I can draw that and I can draw these bits and pieces, but I'm not known for it. Yeah. So it was, for me, it was it was like, all right, if you draw every single day, you're going to end up with an identity. And that's um, exactly what I set out to do. You know?
1: Well, I mean, you've done that. Yeah. I mean, people recognize your work mm. and you're prolific. Mm. I <laughs> think like um, that's that's worked the challenge, yeah. challenging yourself, and then you're maybe even if you hadn't done all that drawing practice, if you just decided to call yourself an artist, all you have to do is make a piece of art, and you're an artist.
0: Yeah, I was actually talking to my wife about this the other night because when we we're um, traveling in South America, we don't we crossed so many borders and always had to you know, fill out the forms and everything. And every time I'd fill out the form, I'd write the occupation. I'd say artist. And she'll be like, you're not an artist, you're a graphic designer. It's like, no, I'm an artist. And it's like, technically, I was unemployed then, so I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to write unemployed. But, um, <laughs> but it's like, I, I really want to be an artist, so I'm going to start calling myself an artist and then following through with that. And um, yeah, and over time, here I am, a full-time artist and uh, loving it. But it's like, it was a long road. And I, for a long time, I, I doubted that it, could, it was possible. You know?
1: Well, just lab- just labelling yourself seems to like, seems to work yes. It's calling yourself that even you could call yourself that before you even have done anything and if you by doing that making that your intention mm. I, mean, I the first time I ever did exactly that was on the way back from a recent um, art pilgrimage to London that I went on by myself on the way back on, actually, on the way in there it's an occupation and I'm an art artist and it kind of might have been a mistake I felt great saying mm. This is what I am now. I'm, I'm calling myself that. It doesn't pay my bills, but that's what I am. And they said, okay, so you're an artist. And they go, are you working in London? Are you going to be seeing any... And I was thinking, what if I do a drawing? Does that mean I'm working? <laughs> I said, I don't know. It's just it's just my holiday. They just wanted to know if I was making any money over there. It's yeah. so like, no, I'm spending a lot of money here.
0: Yeah. The other thing as well is like, if you say oh, I'm an artist, people, people will say, oh, show me your art then. And then you think... Shit, I gotta, I gotta get some art together. <laughs> like, if I'm gonna keep saying this, I gotta, I gotta have something to back myself up, you know. Well,
1: let's say describe. it. I mean, mm. if you say you're, uh, if you say you're a carpenter, they don't say what's are you residential are you commercial. They just mm. say okay, fair enough. Mm. You say you're an artist, they go, what are you painting, drawing, and mm. then once you say that, they want to see it.
0: Yeah, there was this. Um, the hairdresser asked me the other day. I oh, say, so you're an artist. I said, oh yeah. And he said what type of art? And I said, oh, contemporary art. And he goes, oh, I love contemporary art. It was just funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was just quite, uh, quite odd, you know, because contemporary art could be, I don't know, me like pouring paint all over myself and rolling around on the, the yeah. canvas naked. Yeah, yeah. and maybe it would be, and it'd be great, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the sort of stuff she loves.
1: It is hard to describe your work, and also. Um, you know, if you were a musician they wouldn't say describe it, they'll just say you might have a genre maybe, but mm. you'd you'd almost have to play it to them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder how many musicians get like, "I sing me a song. Yeah.
1: Well the I think the hardest is the hardest is comedians because when they like they're tired, they've just been on a plane and they say what's your occupation comedian they go like they look at you and you look miserable and they're like, This guy doesn't look that funny. Like, tell mm. me a joke and you're like Maybe they're a situational comedy person. Maybe they're one of those yeah. long storytelling types. You're like, trust me, I can make people laugh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so now that, like, getting back to your um, your artwork. So now that you've um, you know, finished your 365 days of lead beta, and you're sort of working on other things. Like, like, have you um, have you set yourself little projects? Because I noticed that you were doing portraits on Instagram for a while. Oh yeah, that's another that's another mini. Thing that
1: just kind of started up I was thinking you know I do a lot of collage and um, you know keep myself busy with sort of reworking of images found or images I've taken and I thought you know what do people love how can I get some engagement here and then I thought people love themselves I'll get them to send me selfies and I'll play with them and then everyone was starting to line up to get themselves lead-beated um, I think Some people got a bit offended at the start by how little they could recognize themselves. But after a while, you just don't know what you're gonna get. And I don't know what I'm gonna do either, that's part of the fun. So that's been a kind of fun thing. I I sort of set a a goal with a hundred selfies. And this wasn't a hundred consecutive days of it. Um, But yeah, it's been another kind of fun project that I've been really enjoying. You know, just cut up someone's face. In fact, the other day i combined two of my colleagues' heads together um, you can have some really good fun when you're messing with people's faces. And you know that someone cares about it and you can tag them in, in the resulting work and also show the original photo so people can see how far you've come from what you had, which I think is actually the, the benefit to, of doing that. It, it shows people the, what the journey you went on. They know what you started with. It's a color photo. It might've been a bit blurry. It's a bit low res. There might even be some Snapchat filter items hanging around and you've had that to deal with. And then what, whatever it comes out of that, they say, shit, he's done a lot of work. Or he's done not much.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because you did one of me and I could hardly even recognize myself. It was, yeah. I yeah. liked it. It was good. I looked, I looked like, a, um, like a Zulu warrior or something like that. And, uh, yeah, that
1: was a really interesting one because, again, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had this, this face to deal with. I think I isolated you from the background a bit and yeah, worked on top of you. Actually, that was done on my phone with uh, finger painting so that has a hand drawn feel but I think I was so busy that I didn't even have enough time to print it usually I print out the photos and work on top but this time it was mostly
0: digital yeah oh cool uh, thanks I'm uh, honoured to be, be part of it <laughs> party 100 Um, so like are there any other um, you know like little projects like that you've got going on I think
1: that's the main one that yeah it's kind of still going mm. it's It it might end up being an ongoing thing where every now and again I'll do a flurry of these because they're popular and they're kind of fun and they're a way of showing what's happening in real time. You know, people know how long ago it was that they sent you their photo and they can relate to it, not just because of them, but because they can see the process a bit without me doing one of those time-lapse photos of me drawing and stuff. Um, Yeah, it's got a, a number of reasons why I think it kind of is a worthwhile thing and mm. it keeps me it makes me it forces me to do different stuff with the same basic stuff I mean it's just photos of people you, you wouldn't believe the kind of photos I get though like really far away photos of these people you can barely see people where they're underwater like all sorts of stuff but that's part of the challenge like what can I do with them and I don't have to, i have said just I'll, said I'll hundred my favourite my favourite ones so I've got a few hundred spare because people have sent a lot in mm. Um, yeah, it's, uh, there are no other projects, but I'm really enjoying this one at the moment.
0: Yeah. Um, and like, as a result, like from you sort of, I guess, theming a lot of things, you said you've uh, developed a pretty big following off it.
1: Well, big compared to how it was. Yeah. Mm. Like, um, the main thing was like separating my personal and my, art um, Instagram accounts so that my sort of personal life wasn't interfering with the work that I was doing. Mm that helps straight away and then by doing so much work helped me um narrow down a little bit what the, the look of how what I'm working on it, although I don't feel like I'm limited but it's starting to have its own kind of feel and so when people come to the site or come to the page they can kind of see what they're getting and kind of opt in or out but at least know what it is mm-hmm. in the past they wouldn't have been really sure what they were getting
0: yeah so I've also seen um, you being plugged on your Instagram. In fact, you got a uh, an exhibition coming up.
1: Yeah. Well, um, that that kind of just came about because my my brother sent me a photo of this sign that was in a shop front that just said, "If you think you're the next Basquiat or Banksy, um, send in your work on a piece of A4 paper um, and slide it under the door <laughs> and make a bit of effort." and um, you know, if you put some effort in, we'll take it seriously. And I had a quote from Andy Warhol and I thought, well, there's three great artists that these people are mentioning. Whoever they are um, could be interesting. Like my brother said, it's a pretty good spot. I didn't know much about it other than, okay, I'll put some stuff together. So I put some work on some A4 paper and put it under their door and didn't hear anything for a few days. And I thought, oh, well, that's, that's that. Then they finally got in contact with me and said, yeah, we'd love to have your, your work in here. And I asked, it's not actually a gallery. I thought it was, I didn't know much about it. I thought it was a gallery. It's an empty, it's a, a place that hasn't been rented out yet. And um, they are just wanting to utilize the space and to perhaps to minimize the graffiti that happens on the outside of it by showing that it's been used in some way. So I think they're actually calling for the kind of people that would have been running on the outside to tell them to come on the inside. Hmm. If you've been tagging our walls, why don't you do something on the inside? So um, that's how that came about. So it wasn't—I wasn't really planning on having a show. It just found me in a way. I mean, I, I mean, I, I applied, I guess, but I wasn't really expecting to, much to happen. And then, then I've got like you know, six weeks to put something together. Hmm. So I've been frantically painting and drawing and creating and. Yeah, morphing stuff into some kind of body of work that I'm gonna unleash on Melbourne.
0: Yeah, just um, chuck it into your already busy um, schedule. schedule. Exactly, (laughs) and um, I guess
1: not being a a real gallery, it kind of has its own challenges, it has benefits too. Challenges trying to get the word out and not rely on a gallery list or a gallery promotion kind of channel. Just have to um, tell people, hand out bits of paper, Beg people to come. Hope that my my family, you know, like me enough to turn up. And, um, yeah, I've been getting some interest, which is good. People are curious because they see a lot of stuff and not really sure what it's going to be like. And I'm curious too. I don't have a clue what it's going to look like. I know what kind of pieces are going to be in there, or some of them. But in terms of hanging in, people go, how many pieces are you going to have in there? And I go, I don't know. It's maybe under 100. But, yeah, I've been to some shows lately where there's, 14 pieces and I think I'll have quite a few more than that. Hmm. Um, I think just because I just can't resist showing more stuff. I'll probably just have open um, visual diaries and people can just be fumming through them and tearing pages out.
0: <laughs> is this the uh, is this the first exhibition you've had? Yeah, I know you've been in group shows so I've been in one with you. But is this the first solo show?
1: No, I've had a couple of actually I've had I've had at least one other solo show I'm trying to think of others I mean I am about 150 I can't remember them all but there's been a lot of group shows hmm. the last solo show that I can remember is was like in um, mid 2000s oh, yeah. so quite a while ago and I was doing abstract contemporary uh, at that time and um, yeah it's quite my the work I do now is probably quite different to then and what makes this different I guess is Yeah, it wasn't a slow build of um, work. It was kind of just an instant thing. Here's a show. What have you got? Um, And there's a lot of work that people haven't seen. And there's thousands of pieces that won't make the cut that I've got. So it's just going to be the, I don't know, Leadbeater's Greatest Hits plus some um, backlog and like what I can find and do on the day. I think that's the one good thing I'm loving about it is that because it's, a challenge. It's kind of makes it kind of, is comfortable in that way. Mm. I'm comfortable with it being a bit hard and a bit up against it and having to be resourceful.
0: And do you find that after doing, you know, these Instagram challenges, you've set yourself that, um, now you sort of know what your art looks like and what you're going to put forth?
1: Yeah. uh, Well, that was one thing that helped me name it because I thought, what do I call this, like, drawings and shit? Or what do I do? (laughs) Um, I decided to call it Within Us because I wanted people to relate to it. And a lot of my work is about what's inside people. Sometimes it's literally, like, with, like, anatomy, but often it's about uh, the uh, spirituality or emotions and things that we all have that can be shown in an expressive way, like the wild way I can sometimes work. And that's going to dictate some of how the work is going to look or the body of work is going to have that in common. But there is, I think, some typographic work is going to sneak in there. But it's definitely created a theme, which keeps a lot of things out. And, um, yeah, and keeps the work in that has um, a human element.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, what what's the dates and all that and where? where, and where? Uh,
1: the of- well, the, the dates are... Um, or the opening night is on the 20th, Friday the 20th of April. Um, That's uh, the actual um, exhibition itself runs from the 16th to the 29th um, at 151 St. George's Road in Fitzroy North, um, just near Edinburgh Gardens, um, sort of where the road kind of kinks there. It's a, a sort of a shop front that's on a corner. So it has a lot of window space. So part of the fun is like dressing a window um, so when I'm not there in the gallery you can still see what's going on and when I am there you can actually come inside and, and check it out but it's uh it's actually a pretty cool space when you think about it that it's not hidden away behind in, in a normal gallery it's sort of on display um, yeah but the opening night's a big one I'm getting um, uh, there's gonna be like a band playing and stuff and it's gonna be kind of a bit of a party I think which I don't know it could be a bad thing we might end up burning the place down or like the cops might might break it up but it's gonna be fun anyway like it's it's a longer sort of time frame as well instead of being like a a couple of hours it's like from six to eleven so it's quite a bit of time there when you're having drinks and yeah Gonna
0: make, make sure I get something to eat before I go yeah well there's <laughs> gonna be
1: some food there but I don't know how long that's gonna last mm. but um yeah i'm looking forward to that part of it it's the the kind of one night where it all has to happen because the rest of the time it's kind of closed except for weekends um when i'll be manning it but yeah the friday is the big one yeah trying to get uh as many people there bring your earplugs for the band yeah it's gonna be good
0: no i look forward to it so um since you haven't exhibited for such a long time like uh, what are you hoping to get out of this
1: well i guess it like i'm um, just went for it without really thinking too hard about that, thinking I've just got to I've got this space to fill but the more I think about it I just uh, want an opportunity to show people my work in real life rather than so much on Instagram and, and things like that when you think about it, I can show like thousands of people my work every day, which is more than you can fit in the gallery but there's something about being in front of the real work and seeing the scale of it and you know, you can smell the paint. You can, yeah, get real reactions. I really like that too. Like, if when people don't know who you are and they, they're just talking about the work and you can overhear conversations and I love getting first-hand reaction to my work, people that haven't seen it before. And I'm also hoping that um, it's going to be something that is somehow viable or something that I'd want to do again. So when I en- end up taking the... Um, when the gallery or the show's finished I want to feel like it's something I'd love to do again rather than oh that was a lot of work and I don't know if that was worth it I want it to be where it was great you know hopefully sold some work got some met some more people got some more contacts got some ideas of what I should do better next time know what I would have changed I got a great reaction to something I didn't expect and and the opposite as well like. Who knows the stuff I love? People might be like, "Why'd you put that in there?" <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just to gauge real people and real responses, and yeah, do something that um, hopefully I can do again and do bigger and better next time.
0: Because mm. as you were saying, like you do have um, yeah, everything you've been doing for the last I don't know, year and a half or whatever has all been you know for the for Instagram. And as we were talking about earlier, like the your work is only the size of a phone screen. It doesn't matter if it's the size of a three story building or if it's just a little scrap of paper. It's all it's always the same size once it's on the on the phone. Yeah. So it's um it is a really good way to for people to actually be in front of your artwork and see it in the flesh. Because there's nothing better than seeing artwork in the flesh. You're never going to see it better than that.
1: You're right, and and especially well unless you've had too many beers. But um <laughs> you're right. You're not going to. Um, have the appreciation. And I think that's when you inspire people even more, when they can see the work itself and and see how it was done. Like, I love it when people are getting up to the side of things and looking underneath and almost want to get behind the canvas because they they're enchanted by something or like, how was this done? Or if it's really obvious, then it demystifies it a little bit. It makes them feel like, you know what? I understand what this is. There's nothing deeper to this than... Uh, some piece of expression and they want to be part of it or or tell you about it. So um
0: what are the details of the exhibition again?
1: Uh it's uh the opening night is on uh Friday the 20th of April from like 6 to 11. That's the one that everyone needs to come along to. And but it's actually open from the 16th to the 29th of April. And it's at um 151 St George's Road, Fitzroy North. Um it's only
0: yeah. open on weekends, isn't
1: it? Yeah. So the opening night or weekends, like Saturday and Sunday. Um, yeah. So the best time is definitely opening night when it's going to be the fun one. Yeah. But the rest of the time it'll still be there and you can still see it, but yeah, won't be as fun.
0: Ah, And depends on how you like to view exhibitions. So yeah, So it's good to, good to see them outside the opening. Yeah.
1: yeah. True. You can wander around. If I'm, if, if I'm there, then it'll be good because you can like have me to yourself. Yeah. It's, it's um... But you can, people can like um, reply or RSVP to the Facebook event if they search for Leadbeater art on Facebook, and then there's an event there, which is you know people can say they're coming along mm. if they want, or um, find me on Instagram where they where everyone seems to or just at, at Leadbeater, yeah. And um, either way, um, yeah, enjoy it digitally or enjoy it in, in real life.
0: Uh, great it's um it's really good to see that um you know like from what you were doing i know when i've interviewed the first time like to where you are now like just with the art because i know you're a very creative guy like i know you've always been really creative but to see how you've like sort of stepped out of your your work you know your creativity in the workplace to um, what you've created outside of that's really good so uh, Thanks, man. good on you steve thank you <laughs> cheers <laughs> no worries I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To find out more about today's guest, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you will find all previous episodes and images of the guest's artwork. Also follow us on Instagram, bench underscore talk. There you can keep up to date with all things that are happening with the podcast. Bench Talk's also streaming on SoundCloud and Facebook. Just simply search for Bench Talk Podcast. Or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to rate and review. It helps get the word out. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. Thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye.